Thank you for tuning in on Comp with Comic. I'm Brian Comp, and we're with Comic Roxy Reco. Roxy Reco, how the hell are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, good. Thank you so much for coming on. I know I follow you online on Twitter. You are Roxia Reco, and also on Instagram, where, where yep. you make the funny shit is Roxia Reco as well. You're the only funny Roxia Reco in this world. <laughs> I, I I don't know. There might be some funny Italians over in Europe, but Please. in America, for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you have the filthy rich. You're, you play a lead. Are you Veronica and filthy rich? You're a big old lead, aren't you? Yes, we actually, I was one of the writers and directors as well, and we tried to make it kind of equal in terms of the parts that people were playing. That's kind of what we set out to do. So okay. we're kind of all leads. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. That's very diplomatic of you. Yeah, yeah. I, I fired it up and I saw you had a the funny the funny joke about, um, that's what your mom said last night, and you said that about peeing in the shower. Oh, yes. Did I get that right? Like, I just fired it up five seconds ago, and that was hilarious. Did I remember that correctly or no? It, it, in, in Filthy Rich, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, how long has that been going on? I mean, it, it said last updated August 2019, so you guys kind of between seasons because of the pandemic? I actually, I, I don't think we're going to have another season. I think that was um, one project that me and a bunch of people that I met at school um, at at NYU Tisch, we all went for acting. We all, uh, we really did set out to make a project where everyone could showcase their talents. If they wanted to write, uh, they wrote. A couple of us directed, and we all basically just wanted to be able to have something to put on our reels. And it turned out to be really good. So we posted it to YouTube, and we've been trying to like show it to as many people as possible. We we really are proud of it. Yeah, that, that's a great idea. Does I mean, I would think. That would be the idea every graduate of NYU Tisch should have, which is, you know, get a get a group of like-minded people and make sure that everybody is doing the thing that they want to be known for, so that everybody has perfect reels. But is is it that collaborative of school? I mean, are other graduates doing the same thing, grouping up with like-minded individuals, or do you find that you guys are uncommonly uh, good-spirited and collaborative and um, <laughs> like-minded? Well, um, there was actually, it, it was part of a group uh, called the 239 Arts Collaborative that was created by uh, one of the people in the series, May Roney. And she created an environment where people could come in and share work that they had written. So I give her all the credit for, for like getting this group of people together. And that's how we decided that we, we wanted to create things together. Okay, um, for but, her. But yeah, now that you've kind I, of done it and everybody's gone their separate ways, and so there's not going to be future output um, from this group. Um, the the group might. It's kind of a group that you can like drop into whenever you want. So whoever's part of that group now might continue doing stuff together. And honestly, I, I have seen a lot of people come out of NYU who have started their own theater companies and um, like written their own movies that they've gotten um, other students that they went to school with to like come and direct or uh be the dp and stuff like that so it really was a great environment to like collaborate with people yeah i mean I, I would hope that everybody would do that but i would think certain people would be like no way i'm too fucking talented i will just you know go to each of these institutions and pray i get my opportunity instead of 
you know, having to make their own. But also you guys are doing odd cast pay, which is pig Latin. It's explained to me. And it sounds like it's you and Andrew Gillespie and you guys are, I love that. It's a dramatically comedic podcast about navigating the industry. And so how is, how is it dramatically comedic? (laughs) I mean, it's the age old. We, we laugh, we cry. Um, (laughs) I think especially in this time right now, like with the, pandemic and quarantine and stuff like that we we really did want it to be a comedic podcast but it's kind of hard not to also talk about the real shit you know Uh um so we find ourselves just touching everything in terms of the industry what it's like to be a young person in the industry someone who like just graduated from college don't really have their shit together, still have to work like three different jobs just to be able to have this career. We wanted to be really candid about that stuff, but also make it fun and funny. Yeah, but I, I mean, even from the little bit I've seen of Filthy Rich, I mean, your delivery was like, you know, and I guess, you know, I've, I've always kind of, kind of talked about theater kids on here where some people are so dramatic that it's hilarious. <laughs> so even you're delivering the line like, you, you know, you're you're kind of being serious, but you're being hilarious at the same time. And so your delivery <laughs> on the you. podcast is not really that. It's more just making sure that you're honest about the, the current state of the industry. Right. And then, yeah, how'd you find, you know, how did Andrew Gillespie be the be the person that you wanted to kind of share pod, podcast glory with? Well, Andrew and I met um, our freshman year at Tisch and we we were in like groups together in our acting studios Um, and we also worked together on Filthy Rich. He was also a writer, also a director, also one of the actors and we've gotten really close. He's one of my best friends and I think that he is literally one of the funniest people on earth and we really love talking to each other, and I and I think that that was that's a great recipe for you know co-hosts of a podcast. People who genuinely like talking to each other and can like riff with one another. Yes, yes. That's and are you guys doing that kind of remotely via Zoom or Skype or something during the pandemic? Yeah, we've been using um, a few things. We we've done Zoom. We've tried Google Meets. It's it's hard, you know. Um, but we're, we've been figuring it out. <laughs> Yeah, some some of the audio can cut out during some of this shit, so I'm always rec- recommending non-Zoom things. So yeah. I'm so glad to be talking to Roxy Areco on Skype, which is the preferred uh, method for me. But yeah, you also write for the Broadway beat, and that sounds like it is satirical Broadway news. How the hell yeah. is something... So give me an example of maybe a piece of satirical Broadway news you've written. Yeah, it's like um, The Onion for Broadway. It's great. Yeah, so what would that, I can't um, even imagine that. That's what, yeah, if you can think of a, know. You know, any example, I'd love one. Um, ooh, let me think. I wrote uh, my first article, I'm trying to think of the exact wording I used, but the headline was something like, um, um, uh, Method Actor Draws the Line at Oedipus. Because uh, <laughs> that's funny yeah. to fuck your mom, right? Right, exactly. Uh, and uh, and a method actor, they're gonna they try to do. <laughs> yeah. What picture did they use? Because I see here on the recent article, understudy warming up, they have Mike Pence, which is hilarious. Like, what picture <laughs> did they use for method actor draws a line? Just a random one. Yeah, I think it was like, yeah, Zach, who is the um, the creator of the site, and he's the head writer. He's hilarious. He, I think he he does the Photoshop for all of the articles and he's really good at it it's really funny um but yeah the one for that article i think was just a random like white dude 
<laughs> in, I, love in how, a theater. I, I love how they choose him because yeah. I, I had Brandon Follick on and I think he writes a, bu a bunch for Reductress and mm -hmm. they said that sometimes they will use their pictures meaning the writers or the contributors pictures for other articles and it's so yeah. funny I think Meredith Deed said something like they just they pick him as the straight white douche and I think you know it, it might not be farther there there's not anything further from the truth because I you know he's not a douche at all of course <laughs> I don't even remember he might not be straight so I mean it, there's just uh it's I love these things and how you know I guess it's easy to decide what you're going to submit where because you also submit to the reductress and so you yeah know, if it's Broadway of course you would submit to the Broadway beat and mm -hmm. then if it's something else like what kind of stuff have you been thinking of for the reductress well for reductress it's kind of like obviously it's not all women who are involved with it but I think it they that's a place that I usually submit stuff that is like that comes to mind uh that's kind of like more toward a women dominated audience or at least non-men you know yeah um yeah, so so that's where I go for reductress. <laughs> yeah, I see on the reductress here. It says study reports Biden interrupted almost as much as the average woman in meeting. Right. <laughs> uh, and then, like on your on your reel nearer to the end, I saw that you were doing some sort of straight to the camera. It looked like a Blair Witch Project style yes. uh, confessional moment. Were you crying? And what were you kind of talking about in that spoof for parody? It's very funny that you bring that up because that actually was not part of a larger project that was um we had donors for filthy rich and one of the like uh gifts that we were giving people in return for that yes. was a personalized thank you video oh that's and, so cool yeah so we we wanted to be really creative with them and have fun and so andrew gillespie my co-host of oddcast pay he directed that tiny little thank you video and i i really loved it so i put it in my reel <laughs> <laughs> great job great job fucking and you said andrew right yeah andrew gillespie yeah oh my gosh well you guys are such a perfect partnership because that is so creative <laughs> I every thank you video should be like that i think so why yeah. not why not yeah, have a blast with it yeah and as far as guests that you have on here i think um i almost had Brittany raper on this podcast but she had certain things that you know i think our schedules didn't line up so yeah. you know who is you know who are the types of people you're you're having on here is natalie gifford one of the people you're having on or or who do you choose you know who's going to add value and, and hilarity to oddcast bay uh well we're definitely going to have natalie on um at yeah, some she's, point. she's so well spoken she is. I love Natalie. Actually, you both. Yeah, I mean, I suppose if you're a theater, a theater person, like you at the very least speak perfectly. <laughs> right. Um, she actually she's the co-founder with Brittany of Women Stand Up. And oh, that's yeah. how I got that's how I got into stand up because of them. So I owe them both a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, I will put her in, in, in whatever podcast episode she wants to be on. Yeah. I also told me about women stand up. That was something that I was going to ask and I forgot. So it's so nice that you reminded me Yeah, about women stand up like you've um you know, at what point did they realize that, man, you know, these people are not only well-spoken and comfortable on stage, but they're also hilarious. And at what point did you join, join up? I, um, they started like maybe, no, they started last summer. So mm -hmm. like a little over a year ago, um, with that group. And I think I was there one of, I think I was the second group that they had of new comedians, um, doing their like monthly show so i joined pretty early on and i've i've stuck around since and so what does that mean are you doing are you still like doing online zoom shows during the quarantine or not really not really um the past 
couple of months during quarantine, we did do one Zoom show and there was talk of another. But then I think people really wanted to just work on the craft itself. We, we were doing for a while um, like little workshops together, which was a lot of fun. And I got a ton out of it. Um, I think, yeah, they've, they've been turning to more of like an educational resource right now uh, in terms of like working on stand up since stand up is not really a thing right now. I, I guess <laughs> Zoom shows kind of count. <laughs> yeah, and getting getting aroused by the cops, I think certain. I thought the drool, drool comedy show with Claire Alexander and Brittany forgot her name is a cardwell or something but i think uh they might have gotten shut down by the cops and i saw e-man oh, morgan wow. his show got roused by the cops and it's just uh my lord if that's usually people get into producing comedy shows don't anticipate cops will be in their future and especially no. at this moment in time you don't want to fuck with a cop no because so many of them aren't wearing masks so yeah i wouldn't oh want to be around that <laughs> yeah that's that's a great point like even if they're good to white people and you're a white person it's like well also please wear a mask please right uh, but yeah so i mean if you you know your you know filthy rich was of course two three nine i think i'm recalling that correctly but um you and andrew and things like if you are doing your next big series and you are the co-creator what is it going to be? I'm putting you on the spot. Like, what 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 things oh do you God. love? Do, do you really would you love to act and you'd love to be hilarious about? Yeah. Um, wow. So actually, and Andrew and I also worked at a gym together. Uh, one of the <laughs> NYU gyms. <laughs> yes, I love it. I hope We're it's gym close. related. Yeah. Yeah, I I've had an idea for a couple years about having uh, a series based on working at the gym because it, it was a very funny place. <laughs> Um, and I, I don't know, sometimes I just get writer's block. I know all writers deal with that, but I'm trying to force myself to write, but yeah. So I started the, the series about the gym. I haven't finished it, but hopefully someday. <laughs> yeah. Would that be both of you? I mean, would, would he, he'd co-write and co-direct and co-star? Um, he would, I think I, I would have to talk to him about co-writing, but yeah. I would definitely have him on as an actor or a director. Yeah. I think he's so good at both. I would love to see him in a gym outfit. He's got a perfect look. <laughs> He's got the perfect look for it. And I remember, I think Brooklyn Nine-Nine did a gym episode, and it was just so funny to see, you know, Terry Jeffords and, and the other, you know, the, what, Jake Peralta and his little sidekick. It was funny to see them in gym clothes. Uh -huh. But yeah, so I mean, what, what can we expect next from Oddcast Pay? Like, who's going to be on, and how often do you release? And it looks like you're here on Apple. Are you also on Spotify, et cetera? Yes, we're on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, um uh oh what's the last one soundcloud that's right um oh, and you did yeah. you did you uh, i mean uh, and i guess i have a podcast host where you're able to blow it out to all those things easily but i've yet to see soundcloud uh kind of listed there do you independently upload to soundcloud well soundcloud is our like rss feed oh it is that, so that's yeah. kind of your host yeah oh that's cool mm -hmm. so you upload it to soundcloud and they blow it out to spotify and apple etc yeah wow is that yeah, great and um, I don't, for a I don't think amount it was. Of content, it might be, yeah. Yeah. Like first couple hours could be, but if, you know, for people who, who upload a lot more than that. Yeah. So how often do you release? So we're, we're on kind of a hiatus right now, but, um, when we were releasing episodes, it was weekly and yeah, we, we made a joke about we'll come back whenever we feel like it. So season <laughs> two, whenever, whenever we're feeling up to recording again. <laughs> 
Yeah, and in the meantime, I had Erica Hernandez on, and she talks about auditioning kind of remotely. Have you been doing any sort of let me film myself and send it to the casting directors, or how is that working during the quarantine? Yeah, definitely in the beginning of quarantine, I was still doing that um, because it seemed like maybe some productions were still going to be happening by the summer or by the end of the year. But since Broadway is shut down until at least January, most likely later than that, um, I've kind of taken a break with that because I just figure, why would I entertain them with that if I can't even actually commit to it, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 And then, like, have you linked up with any, like, where there's a lot of sketch and improv groups coming out of NYU? And did you link up with any of them? And, you know, like, did you get get in with the, the pit and the UCB and the, what was the other one? Uh, Boogie Manja and all these things. Have you written or performed with any of those? I haven't. I, I With Women Stand Up, I did a, a show at the pit one time. Um, I, I definitely, I was planning to like start taking classes at UCB. I was planning on like trying to get yes. into these things and then everything shut down. Oh yeah. Um, some, some people were like, dude, it was my first time in the house team. We had one show and then it was done. <laughs> yeah, it's so sad. But I'm hopeful for when things pick back up again. And I definitely am looking forward to like finding new groups that I can can join. Yeah. And then in the meantime, are you doing any front facing video for Roxy Recco's uh, Instagram? <laughs> I um I have a few ideas. Again, ah. I just gotta get myself I gotta get myself to do it. And I will. Yeah. So what are yeah, so looking at the topics here, like, you know, do you find yourself thinking of hilarious characters when you, you know, when you're thinking about making gluten-free food or, um, or, you know, any of the TV shows that you're into or any of the musicals, you have here listed into the woods, et cetera. And West side story. I think my sister yeah. was in one or both of those. So I remember in, into the woods being hilarious. Like, um, you know, what are these things that get your character juices flowing? Like, you know, accents mm -hmm. or do you put on wigs and shit? I, I don't do wigs, although okay. I, I probably could. I think my mom has a few, but, um, <laughs> uh, I, I really, I find that my niche is definitely making fun of actors. There um, you go. Yeah, Everybody that's can where get I, behind that. Like theater kids and non-theater kids right. alike can make fun of theater kids. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. We're, we're a group that you can very easily make fun of. So that's where I get most of my, my ideas. And so, yeah, like in this current landscape, like how would you, you know, what can be funny? Like what would be a theater kid's reaction to, you know, the big stuff happening now with, you know, President Trump not wanting to leave office and getting COVID and all these sorts of things. Is there any theater kid angle that would be appropriate, even though Twitter is, you know, banning, you know, deleting everybody's <laughs> everybody's honest opinion of Donald Trump is, is automatically being blacklisted by Twitter. Like, yeah, what, what could a theater kid, what would be their reaction, like somehow making it about the theater kid? Wow. Um, that's a good question. There's definitely an angle. There has to be. I mean, Trump has some theater kid qualities. He lies a lot. I mean, <laughs> he, might, he might very well be the ultimate theater kid. Yes. Um, <laughs> and the fact that his parents have bankrolled every expensive school known to man. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Regardless um, of how practical. Yeah. Like, what's the skill of being like, like, yeah, what is the epitome of theater kid? Like, what's the archetype? What's, you know, if who's the, you know, when you think of the one quintessential theater kid in your graduating class, what did he or she have in spades and what did he or she not have at all? Uh, Putting I think, you on the spot every question of the interview. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I, 
huh I'm trying I'm honestly I'm just trying to think if I was the quintessential theater kid you know like <laughs> I don't want to be a hypocrite yes. um yeah I, I feel like in high school it was very I mean it, it's difficult to think about college because in college I actually was like surrounded by all theater kids so yes. but um in high school the theater kids definitely stood out because they were more um I don't know. I, theater kids really, from a, from a young age, they know exactly what they want to do with their lives. And um, because of that, they can be quite ridiculous. They can take things very seriously from a very young age, you know. Yes. But they they really do have a passion that I'm figuring out not everyone has from a young age. And yeah, that, pa- that's a blessing for certain things and taking certain things seriously. Because you would think if you knew early on you wanted to go into you know, acting, you wouldn't really have to take much seriously, except, you know, whether you got into the fall production of Into the Woods, right? Right. But then that's like life or death. You're going to die if you're not the witch in Into the Woods, you know, (laughs) which is ridiculous from an outside eye, but, but it means everything to you. So was was that, was that you? And then what, you know, as a theater kid in high school, if you were, what was your interaction with non-theater kids? Like, you know, is it, you know, one is from Mars and one is from Venus. Like you guys don't even understand why the other group is doing what they're doing and caring about what they care about. (laughs) My, my school was actually, there weren't really cliques or anything like that. There were like athletes in theater. There were, you know, science nerds in theater. So it kind of seemed like everyone was, um, mixed in with everyone but there was a very weird feeling when we were forced to perform for like the rest of the school we whenever we did a musical we would like perform a couple of numbers for the school as like a promotional thing because it's an that, assembly for the assembly yeah, or whatever, yeah exactly it was like an assembly where we would perform just a couple of numbers and everyone in the audience always seemed bored out of their mind so that's where it came <laughs> became the most clear to me that we were like different (laughs) and so yeah what's the what's the feeling then I mean you're like why the fuck does everybody not care about the stuff I care about right exactly but I don't know we always we we, it's a community like high school theater is definitely a community and you can even face um a bored audience together (laughs) I felt very comforted by that yeah, so even like band, you know, when you see band people, like it's like you guys are one giant clique. So even if you don't find friends outside of it, like you're going to find like a thousand instant friends inside of it, right? Right. Wow. And then what was it like then going, you know, I mean, I don't know where you were brought up, but like when you got to New York City and the acting school or whatever in New York City, what was that like to be with your own people? My, my experience in college was very different from the typical like theater student because I actually am from Westchester right outside of New York City. Okay. And I commuted all four years into the city every single day. Um, cheaper or just it's yeah, it's cheaper. Okay. Um, yeah. And uh it was, it, it kind of was, it was difficult for me, honestly, because I had come from being very, very close with the theater kids at my high school to still being kind of an outsider, even surrounded completely by theater kids because I was a commuter. And so I had less time to hang out with people. I, if I hung out with anyone, I'd have to leave by like 10 so that I would not miss the last train to get home, you know? So that, that definitely sucked. But I met a lot of awesome people from NYU, uh, a lot of really talented people. So I'm, I'm really happy about that. 
And so the, the big question I think Natalie Gifford brought up is the fact that NYU tends to push its students into traveling abroad. Did he do any acting in London or Italy like she did? I didn't. Like, I, they didn't even let me live on campus, Brian. They're not going to pay for <laughs> London and Italy, dude. Right. I yeah. It definitely was mostly a uh, a money thing, but also yeah. I don't. I I've honestly never left the country. That's um, I think I've been woken up by this whole pandemic, you know, and how how I guess travel can be taken away from me very easily. So I should probably feel inspired to travel after this if I but like, I'm, I'm like you it's like if you like i hear these people you know plan for weeks and save for months and then they're they're jet lagged off their ass they, they, you know, <laughs> they take pictures the entire time they have a huge to-do list when they're in italy or france or whatever and they, yeah. they come back and they're just fucking beat they need a vacation from their vacation and i'm just like yo i didn't visit new york city i moved here like if I right. want to visit fucking Paris, I'm going to move. And part of that is like, I don't want to fall in love with things that I'll never be able to like, like if I go to the same coffee shop over and over again, once I move back to New York, like I'm never going to have that coffee again. It's not like I can fire up the Concord and go have that scone that I loved in Paris. It's like, no, right. just fucking live there for three to six months and there you go. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But now that travels, yeah. Now that certain things are being taken away. It's like, uh, man, oh, man, maybe I should have gave more of a shit or, or prioritized uh, travel. Right. Wow. Well, I mean, you know, we're, we're keeping, you know, you were keeping us laughing during the quarantine. You're Roxy Areco on Instagram and Twitter, I think. Yep. Yes, you are, because you're the only funny one. But then, <laughs> you know, what, when was, what was the last Reductress article you got? And how often are you uh, publishing to Reductress? Just a couple occasionally? Yeah, I actually, I was just hired a couple of months ago, so I've only had oh, cool. two headlines go through. Nice. Um, yeah. So you're contributing headlines to them. Yeah, mostly headlines. That is so We'll see cool. in the future. That's fucking hilarious. I love that shit. Yeah, Meredith Dietz does it for The Onion, and I'm just fascinated about, you know, what makes a headline. And you're like, well, it has to, um, you know, a headline might just be a single joke, whereas if you're pitching a story idea, there has to be several jokes there. And that's just all, like, there's so many funny reductress headlines that are crossing my Twitter feed because of former comedy guests. And I <laughs> guess that includes Roxy Areco. So, Roxy Areco, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me.